Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am James. James, my man. <laughs> this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. So thank you so very much. James is out on location. Um, we've sent him into the field. <laughs> he, uh, he's reporting straight from another country. Um, you sent me a message earlier, James, and you said, how many countries have we recorded in so far, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is five right here. Number five. Is that oh? Is that you and me, or just you? You and me. You and I together. Okay, because I've only done two countries here in Korea. That's it. <clears throat> no, you did three. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> those, yeah, you're you're ahead. <laughs> those, um, those were the lost files. <laughs> now you're ahead for now. We'll yeah, see yeah. what we can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I- yeah, we, we, we definitely need to see that. No, I, uh, so it's you, you sitting there eating, man. You never eat on show. What are you doing? Uh, long trip today, lots of, lots of flying around. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm having a, a cookie. Yeah. One of them Lenny and Larry's, huh? The junk food of health food. It's delicious. The apple oil is just amazing. Is it the, <laughs> is, it the is it the apple one? Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, I'm going to tell you. You get the apple, and this is this is like the inner fat kid of me coming out. <laughs> you, you get the apple one, and then you get a nice vanilla protein shake, and it's almost like you got like an apple pie and ice cream with it, you know. Uh, so it's yeah, man. It's but it's not like like you better put in some work because that's a lot of calories if you add those two together. It's a few. No, oh, it's more like- than a few. I'm pretty, looking at the back of that cookie wrapper. I guarantee you it's over 400 no, I'm not looking at it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Amy, so you're, uh, you're out. Uh, you, you said you, you guys uh, just had uh, daylight savings changeover. Yeah? Oh, man. Yeah. We need to get with the program. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get the program and do it when everybody else does it. Well, I mean, um, I don't know if you're tracking this. I think I mentioned it earlier, but like uh, basically in the United States, Congress tried to look at enacting, like getting rid of it. And, and, and I saw a study about how everything equals out properly if you don't have it. So why do we still have it type thing? You know? Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, yeah. But your, but your yeah. day started really early today, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I spun forward and I stayed up too late last night. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 4.30 comes very early when you just sprang, uh, sprang forward, too. <laughs> yes. Like, that was, we had it last week, week before, I can't remember. it. Whatever. Um, and I think it was over my spring break. And I was, I definitely knew I stayed up too late. Like, all, yeah, because it was right at the beginning of my spring break school here. And I knew I stayed up too late because that next day I was like, why am I so, you know, and I just, and it's like, I couldn't get my battle rhythm of getting up at four o'clock straight until the end of the, till the end of the week. And I was like, yeah, cause it's, you know. it's not hard. It's, I mean, it's not easy and it's not fun. Yeah. I felt good all day though. But then man, you get on that second plane and you're like, you know, <laughs> and trying to read. Yeah. I mean, you know what? And you know, what's even funnier too, man. Like, we, we, we'd plan on doing this and you're like, yeah, you know, I'll try to never crush you. And I mean, you, you got, 
you got your uh, your webcam up using your GoPro, and then you decided yeah. to use your Bose. We didn't get to use our normal our normal recording, but we were able to yeah. jump over and uh, hook it up with the Zoom, um, which I found uh, has worked because I did with John Bonilla uh, on episode one hundred and two. But it's just we'll see. <laughs> hey, we, exactly, we'll see how it turns out in the end. Um, other than that, like. We're going to get into this topic today, Ed, and it's about like talent management. And talent management's been something that's been kind of on my mind a lot lately. Reason being, though, I think it's funny because I'm writing my final paper in the class I'm in. It's on talent management, you know, because I'm in a management class. I had to go over a management topic, and I was like, well, you know, to me, that's a good topic. And then on top of it, it's like it's something that's very much associated to our, to our daily life right like talent management yeah. in the army is a thing i mean i'm i'm gonna hold back my opinion on the army's talent management i just want to talk about talent management you know okay what I mean? i'm glad you i'm glad you gave me that that we're gonna hold back on that <laughs> you you say what you want because i'm gonna go ahead and tell everybody that the well, opinions the opinions stated on this show are not that of the army the united states government or anything else it's just our opinion thank you very much back to you ed no, no, I just, you know, talent management is just something that kind of came uh, into the discussion for us. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, everybody has growing pains. When you introduce a new concept, you're always going to have some kind of growing pains to it. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, uh, at least organizations I've been a part of, most of them are not very good at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you think about it. You're right, though. It is. It's a concept that hasn't been developed enough. And I don't yeah. think enough. It has some work. Yeah. But but we can't. That's the thing, though, Ed. We can't. Sorry, James. Uh, we can't. We can't confuse talent management with other other entities. Right. Like creating culture, uh, looking for diversity, mm -hmm. um, ignoring uh, the bad sides of people. Right. So there's there's so much involved with it. And to understand it, for instance, when you when we start getting into these instances, it's the there's certain entities that have to be incorporated in talent management, but we can't forget about the other things. However, we can't let the other things override the talent management, which is the talent. Yeah. And the talent is extremely important, you know. Um, you know, it's it comes down to the old saying, I want the best person to do the job. That straight up. That's what yeah. it is. No. I mean, I, yeah, I can agree. I think the problem we have still is we have a lot of jobs that are associated with a position or rank, but somebody else might be more talented to perform those yeah. duties. Yeah. And we, we're still caught up on the, oh, no, that's their duties, not your duties. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I guarantee you can speak to experience in this because I think of an instance, I really do. And you're going to laugh because you're going to be like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I would say it was our last time in Afghanistan together. And you had that one platoon sergeant and you were running the warehouse, right? Yeah. To me, that to me, that was an instance of poor talent management. Uh, yes, ish. Because it's a lateral, right? It's a lateral. So those two positions are both, yeah. you know, hey, these are sergeant first-class positions. Right. But the overall mission, right? The mission is that warehouse support. Right. The platoon sergeant is kind of a, 
it's an enhancement. It's it's good. It's important. But the mission is that operate that warehouse. Okay. So would so, you would you consider that the supporting that like the platoon sergeant in that in that instance the platoon sergeant is the supporting role to the warehouse NCO? Should have been, yeah. But in that same <laughs> way, yeah, you're fine. In that same manner, you have to look at it. Uh oh, I'm lost. There we go. There you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's gonna happen. It's probably gonna happen a few times. Uh, I'm still, I'm trying to use the webcam uh, of the GoPro. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But at the same time, what I was getting from that, James, is that you know the relationship you had. So there wasn't as much of a supporting role that it needed to be at that time. Right. Yeah. And I think what we're going to do is when we start talking about some of these points, I think we're going to see that. Right. Um, but let's not let's not waste any time, man, because I know you got a cookie to finish. You're going to have to finish a paper just like I have to today. Um Got to get those turned in. And then on top of that, you got to go have dinner with your friends. Uh, well, your coworkers who are there. I, I don't know how loosely you want to call them friends. We say, we, we say colleagues. Colleagues. My colleagues. Your, co <laughs> your colleagues. You got to go have dinner with the colleagues. Uh, so here we go. Uh, talent management tips and best practices. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these numbers uh, and just kind of hit upon what we think about those. Uh, this was something that I'd found. Okay. A, a company came up with this and. Um, obviously I deleted out of a bunch of stuff from our, from the script that we're going to kind of guide this along this story along about talent management, because it was really about like, Hey, this is what this is. This is how our company can help you. I'm not worried about how that company could help. I just want people to be, un be able to understand these, these instances. All right. Um, so talent management tips and best practices. Your, uh, let's say your company's, uh, success depends on your talent management initiatives and your ability to enable and support your entire workplace to do their best. That, like that's that, that's that key word best. Um, as talent management is an ongoing process throughout the whole employee life cycle, we will now go over steps and best practices. Um, and this is something basically that, had to be mastered through the whole COVID-19 thing. So we know talent management probably was a t uh, definitely a difficulty during that, but I think it's a difficulty period. Uh, so very first, the very first thing I want to bring up is this whole invest in your employer brand. Uh, okay. talent, man talent management starts even before an employee joins your organization. In order to attract and bring the right talent to your organization, employers need to invest in their employer brand initiatives, uh, creating interesting and useful employee generated employer branding content and sharing it throughout uh, their employer brand channels, such as social media and companies, uh, career sites, some of the most common employer brand practices. Uh, other, others include employer review sites, such as there's this one called Glassdoor, as well as participation in the local events, such as career fairs. Uh, however, employer branding is impossible without the help and engagement of your existing employees and without an alignment of your communications effort. So what this is, what this basically is de detailing, James, is that we, if you want to have a good talent management system, you have to brand that system is, that supports the employees, the people, the subordinate, those who are working in the organization. So is, you know, you know what it makes me think of is the people first initiative we have within the army, right? Are we supporting those individuals by taking care of their needs? You know, the things that they need from the senior levels all the way down through. Um, are we, we're not just, 
um, how would I say this? We're not just saying we're doing it. We're actually doing it. You know what I mean? Um, and we're kind of, yeah. we're creating that, Hey, the employees is they're the quintessential element within our organization. That's what's important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so what I'm thinking of, right. As I'm getting ready to start attending some of these job fairs and I'm thinking, you know, you go into a job fair and there's this guy and he's sitting at the table and he's got like, couple of stacks of flyers some business cards and he's on his phone right mm-hmm. and then you go by another guy and we'll call this guy b rye and yeah. b rye is in there in a suit in a tie mm-hmm. same table layout right he's got cards flyers about the company but b rye is speaking to everybody that walks by his table hey how are you today hey all right yeah, well, yeah you yeah. know are you, are you what are you are you interested in you know, whatever yeah. it is we we provide. B Rise interacting. Mm-hmm. B Rise building his employer's brand and yeah. attracting those people to job fair to man. Hey, did mm-hmm. you shake hands with that guy? Well, pre-COVID. Uh, <laughs> did you see the guy who was like shaking everybody's hand? Or yeah, oh, did you see the guy that was acting like a carnival barker or something unique to brand your employer? That's what I yeah. think about with this brand. Yeah, it's 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 creating a connection. It's networking. It's yeah. all those things. Like, like, are you actually coming out of your own skin? And I think this is a this is very much an extrovert type uh, trait. However, introverts and extroverts can do it. Does it make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, and you're communicating your charisma and, and you're communicating your enthusiasm about working there. And geez, if B Rye is enthusiastic about working there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a good place to work. I, let me see what he's got to say. I uh, yeah. yeah. You you I think you just hit upon the so what of that particular one, right? The so what yeah. is hey, this person's interested in me and they're excited about this place. I need to see what this is about, you know, and, and it creates attraction, right? And that's I think that's part of the whole idea behind. I mean, you don't just go out and look for talent. You actually have to, you know, you have to find talent, evaluate it, and then ensure it's the right fit for the organization. But we'll we'll kind of go through this. Did you do you have uh, number two up there in front of you? I do. And matter matter of fact, I'm thinking about it, and and I think that my scenario that I just painted plays into number two. Start an employee advocacy and ambassadorship program, right? Yeah. So employees who have the most successful employer branding strategies are the ones who manage to engage their employees in the whole process. Yeah. They're the ones putting B-Rye out there, Mm -hmm. right? They're the ones like, like, look at this guy. They're not going, hey, you go out there, pretend to be happy. I want to invest in you where you're genuinely happy. Yes. And that comes across because people can spot a phony, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the importance really uh, of the employee advocacy and ambassadorship program. Uh, and they're extremely useful when it comes to creating and sharing your company and company's employers branding content. And, you know, and then this article that you're using, Brian, that you found here for us, uh, 76% of individuals say that they're more likely to trust content shared by normal people than content shared by brands. So yeah. B-Rye yeah. is likely to reach 76% of indiv- more individuals. Oh yeah, and then the, then yeah. there's that eight times more engagement uh, with content shared by employees uh, compared to content shared by brand channels. Uh, a lot of companies in so let's say product brands. Uh, so I've 
I jumped into some ambassadorships for two different companies. Uh, one being Orange Mon, another one being Slay RX. Uh, and one's a like a one's a and, and it's more of like I'm a person who uses their products and goes out and I happen to do stuff. It's easier to connect with everyday people instead of superstars, right? So, um, and when you create this ambassadorship program, it's kind of like you know how do you how do you get the employees to basically speak upon your organization and they can tell the good, the bad, the ugly, it's okay. You know um, what I do like, what I don't like, you know, that type of thing. Um, And, but I'm still going to use it or I'm still going to be a part of it. It's, I mean, if I took advice from like Michael, like if I, uh, an ambassadorship of like Michael Jordan, right. He's a superstar or, or, or uh, magic Johnson or anything like they're all superstars. Am I them or can I be them? Probably not, right? I'm ordinary. I'm, I'm just not that level of superstar. However, I see James is using this and it's helping him along. And he's like me. Oh, maybe I should try this. You know, so it's a smart thing to do no matter what, because what you're doing is you're involving everyday people and you're not discluding, right? You're, you're creating right. inclusiveness, to your organization is what I see. Yeah, yeah. And um, speaking of ambassador, I mean, there's other types of uh, brand ambassador. So I have started inquiring about being an ambassador for Mission 22 because it's something that I believe in, I'm passionate about. Yeah. And then when you go to an event, you know, I'm going to be the one out there who's enthusiastic about this, who makes Mm -hmm. you say, what is Mission 22? Yeah. What is it? Let me find out what what it's all about and you know, maybe it leads you to get involved in the organization, do some volunteering, do some ambassadorship, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All and, right. And you never know where those will lead to, too. So that's, hey, man, hey, that's, you know, just, I mean, that's a, that's a good program to be a part of, man. Um, so good. I'll remember, count on you being out there with me, handing out cards. Oh, you know, you know, I would. Uh, <laughs> and so the next one, uh, number three is about be smart about job advertising. So mm. when it comes to that, that whole talent management. Well, you've got to, you've got to seek that talent out and you've got to attract it obviously. But at the same time, what's the message that, you know, the organization is putting out there about this particular job. Uh, even though some organizations have frozen their hiring efforts uh, and this was during that COVID thing. And then this still is, there still is, and it just depends upon where you're at, but job advertising is advertising is an important part of your talent management strategy. Written attractive job descriptions, job uh, ads, and sharing them through the right channels, such as social media, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook. And you and I, we're both big fans of LinkedIn. It's, it is a job slash network generating um, social media that, I mean, you get your occasional uh, whatever post on there, but most of the time, what the content I see on there is really useful. Um, Job boards and career sites are the main responsibilities that fall under this talent management function. Uh, similarly to the brand ambassador programs, your employees can, extre- uh, can be extremely valuable sources of new hires. Uh, you are probably, you all probably know that referrals fall under the highest quality employees. Again, Employees have a much bigger potential to reach a wider audience through the social media channels. This is why you should promote your open positions internally and make them easily shareable by your employees. Hey, I'm going to say right now, James, uh, when I was recruiting, 
to me, referrals were the, the best sources to put a, a person in the United States Army. It was. It was the easiest um, because I didn't have to sit there and convince somebody that what they're doing was the right idea, was the right decision in their point in life. A lot of times they were or when they walked through that door or they gave me that call, they were already prepared to say, yes, sign me up. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because of the people that had already been joined, already went through like basic training. AIT, and then they came back to me and they or they didn't even sometimes they didn't come back. They were already at their first duty station, second duty station. And they're telling our friends back home about, hey, you, you want to try this out? You know, yeah, is it for absolutely. is it for everyone? No. However, it's just like any job, man, any job like you, somebody may enjoy a job um, and they like the job, but they don't like all the other stuff that comes with it. So they go and seek something else. Um, At the same time, if an organization is actually doing a proper investment in this by using the right, like um, advertising or marketing plan, which should be, you're going to attract the right people. You know, um, and that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Like LinkedIn is one of those ones where you see so much out there and you can search for jobs, you can do all these things, but what is it, what is it the employer needs to do? You know, they need to be involved. It's not just, you know, posting a job, but maybe actually like posting it, talking about it, getting people involved in it. Hey, does anybody happen to know somebody who would be able to fill this position? You know, things like that, that helps. Now, how does that affect us? Like say in our job, like, well, if you think about it as a senior leader, especially with us, we talk to other senior leaders and jobs come available for us. And it may not be directly like, for instance, working in the warehouse or working um, in an aviation unit, but it may be some type of other leadership supervisory role, Mm -hmm. management role that's, that's going to help us diversify our employment portfolio. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's nice to get out of like, that's the whole reason I took the job at the Academy, James, I, because somebody said, Hey, there's some positions available, you know? Yeah. And then, so there is a caution, right? Or a what would you caveat? What would you, what would you caution us on? I would caveat that, uh, you know, for us, right. We have all these uh, uh, social media platforms and the military and people go, Hey, on assignment to Fort drum, <laughs> What are your thoughts? And so that's kind of to me a type of looking at the, the job advertising, right? So now I'm going to give you these negative inputs because I had a negative experience. Yeah. So the caveat is you got to be careful too, right? Like you got to be like, okay, I need to form my own opinion, but that's good information. And I'll be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, hey, the days of when you and I were kids and, and circling ads in the classified, your company's not hiring anybody if you do that. Yeah. Word of mouth is the most powerful advertising out there. Vi happy in his job, most powerful type of advertising out there. Yeah. Right. And then he's on his social media. And it's not like, oh my God, I can't stand it. Why do I have to go to work today? It's yeah. hey, I did this thing at work, you know, my wife, I got this award at work uh, for doing X, yeah. Y, and Z. Like she puts stuff like that on her social media. That's an advertisement for fees and how they care about their people when they do things that are above and beyond. So, yeah, no, exactly, man. And I think, I think, I think point four kind of hits upon that same thing though. Like you said, you just can't put, put it out there 
you got to actually like get involved. I think number four is creating that like an even in-depth involvement. Yeah. So number four is uh, choose the right new hires. So after the, after you manage to attract people to your organization, right. Through your advertising, uh, you make sure to assess them and ensure they are the right fit for your organization. We talked about this when we did the Kevin Cruz leaders, great uh, leaders have mm-hmm. no rules or what was oh, great leaders have no rules. Hey. When we talked about that. It's part of that book. I don't have my library right here. Like I didn't bring it with me. So yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. Um, yeah. But we talked about that. We talked about the right person for the right job. Right. Right. In the army, we I've seen it a lot of times, especially now, Brian, because I've had this experience of being on a senior level staff. Right. Right. There are dudes. There are people, leaders, who are just not meant for staff work. You know, in the Army, we call them knuckle draggers. That's not a knock on them, but basically they're more of a, you know, I push soldiers. I push soldiers to mm-hmm. develop, you know. Yeah. I'm not the guy making plans up here. I'd rather be the guy the plan comes down to, and I push and make it happen. Right. There's people, that that's their talent. That's what they're good at. Same thing in your organization, the civilian sector, right? There's people who are meant for that job. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my wife is very charismatic, very outgoing. She's meant for customer service. She yes. is. She's absolutely. You put her in an office behind a cubicle and she will be miserable for the rest of her days. Put her in a, in a situation where she can talk to people and help people and then see the, the joy she brings to people. That's where she thrives. Uh, so I think that goes into the whole choose the right new hires. Um, yeah. Employers yeah. need to communicate in a personal and timely manner with their candidates to prove to them that they have chosen the right employer to work for. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, all right, I got the job, right? I need more than you just call and say, hey, you got the job. Okay, you got the job. Hey, you're going to start this day. Here's your orientation packet. You're going to do orientation for the first five days. There's a series of online testing. You're giving me all this information, right? And I'm going, wow, like they're really like pushing, like they want me mm-hmm. to be part of this team. I feel value in myself. So I, I think that's a, I didn't read the whole splurge or uh, blurb here, but I think I got the essence of it, Brian, would no. say you. so this reminds me uh i used to i haven't listened to it in a while i used to listen to entree leadership uh podcast uh that's it's basically a podcast that's developed by dave ramsey dave ramsey being that financial advisor guy that does you know and some people are familiar with him others might not um but one of the key things they used to talk about on there and they try to give advice to businesses um no matter what and it's and it's about that finding the right person exactly what we're you know getting the right person um they go through a hiring process that is, it's, I wouldn't say it's strenuous or it, that it's, it's tough, but it is in a sense. Um, because one thing is it's not one person or one HR rep that's doing all the hiring. They're not the only one talking to the individual. So one of the key things that I've learned from that was, so the manager who's supposed to be uh, supposed to, that, that this individual is applying to uh, that section or what, that, that department, they're involved as part of the interview process. They get interviewed with them. The HR person, they get interviewed. Um, usually like a one step above the manager and a one step mm-hmm. below, they get it. So there's multiple interviews that take place. And what he, what basically what he stated is, is you often find like first interview, second interview, 
people are they're able to kind of hide who they are right or yeah. hide their talents but yeah. when you get into that third and that fourth interview they no longer have that ability they they're they're starting to mix things up they're starting to oh well i don't really know this or i don't really or mm-hmm. yeah i could do that um one of the questions and so here's one of the questions that uh, i noticed that they don't like it when they say you know how do you feel about this job and somebody says well i i can do that they're often, no joke, this is what they want. I want to do that. That's what they want to hear from a possible employee. So yeah. maybe setting up, James, some of those key questions of, you know, just simple questions that you're looking for within that employee. So, you know, I, I think it weeds out <laughs> some of the stuff. It re- no, I mean, when I say yeah, stuff, no, no. like, I mean something else. Go ahead. Right. Does this not remind you of us doing the interview panels at the NCO Academy together? Yeah. And I, I and wish we, got, we had a binder, right? Yes. In the binder, we have questions and these questions are geared to lead us a certain way. And yeah. we say, Hey, you get three from this area, three from that area. And then let's think about the panel. The first sergeant is in there. He has a vote. Yeah. The chief of training maybe is in there, right? The yeah. master instructor, the bearded yeah. ninja is yeah. in there. The man the branch chief is in there. Yeah, you have me in there, so you have one of the instructor course instructors and an yep. evaluator in there, and we all have a say in that hire. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I was wrong about the one kid, I said was too young, and he ended up doing his whole three years there, and does eventually go work with the bearded ninja. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I was wrong. I said he was too young as a as a leader to be in that mm-hmm. job, and he proved me wrong. Because yeah. the bearded ninja don't just pick anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. He's very selective. And and did that, you know, and can we look at that and say, hey, did we get it wrong sometimes? Yeah, you're not going to get it perfect every time. Um, yeah. One of the things I, one of the things I wish I could have changed about this would have been like doing, I don't mind doing the panel thing, but maybe a one-on-one type conversation too. You know, like a one-on-one conversation, you can... Sometimes you can feel people out a little bit more than if they're in a group, right? Um, but it, but yeah. I don't want to negate the panel type situation either because you, you may think, you know, you're, you're asking a question and I'm getting information from your question and I never even thought about your question. You know what I mean? So there's, there's so much involved. Or you may interpret it differently. I may yeah. interpret the answer to being this and you're saying, yes. no, no. But what he's really saying to me is this. And I'm like, you know, I can see that. And that's yeah. the discussions. Candidate, when we did it, the candidate walks out and we have a discussion as a group, right? Yes. That's why. That's the type of. Yeah. Which I think it actually leads into number five a little bit. That whole top, hold this uh, panel, the hiring panel at the academy. I, this is a, hey, this is the one that I would say I agree with the most that we were able to do in that setting. We, yeah. I think. Our onboarding of, of new, new hires was top notch. Like we got people prepared to take on that role. Right. Uh, and, and part of it was by sending them through the class that, you know, you were, te- you, you were an instructor for the, 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 the uh, Bearded Ninja was um, a big part of developing and, and tra- making a whole thing. To me, that was the number one thing. Let me read through this and then let's, let's discuss that because that, that's important really. All right. Yeah. New hire. <laughs> New hire onboarding is considered as one of the most important parts of talent management during onboarding employees. Yeah. Uh, During onboarding employees need to get a very good understanding of what their jobs will entail 
and what their specific duties and responsibilities will be. Uh, proper employee communication is crucial at this stage uh, as it helps create a memorable onboarding experience. Welcoming new hires, introducing them, and connecting to the rest of the workplace is crucial if you want to help your employees feel welcomed and accepted by their peers and higher-ups. Uh, additionally, you want to ensure that all of your new hires uh, have access to all the important company information, updates, and documents needed to do their jobs successfully in this phase. You need to give your best to set your new uh, employees for success, yet over 30% of employees do not get such treatment. All right, we can hit those stats in a minute, Ed. To me, I don't know any other organization that was doing what we, were, what we had going on there. Now, this was not my idea that I don't know how, I mean, you were a part of this, yeah. this building, but if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there like a checklist that was created within the instructor course type situation for mm -hmm. those coming to us that they had to like kind of hit, um, I had to hit those benchmarks. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. right. God, I hate to give it any credit. So my former partner, JC, did a good job of helping to develop to like get them to do PRT to get them to do because when we went yeah. through we didn't have to do those things nope we didn't have to do them there but we had to do them once we got to our, yeah. our section right mm -hmm. so he did a good job of taking the new potential candidates and developing that training giving that training and evaluating them on that training and that's the last time I'll give him that credit. But no, he did a good job with that. But the onboarding was, and, and, it, and it was fluid. That's what I liked about it. Because when we saw a, a space, again, we, we talked about you and the Bearded Ninja in my conversations. And that's the type of stuff that we get flushed out in those conversations. Is, well, what do you think about we do this? And then next thing you know, we're like, well, let's try it next class. Let's let's give it a whirl. Uh, you know, and, and, and so that that was a good thing. I thought the onboarding and the onboarding is very important. It is because I mean, there's nothing worse than getting there and they'll be like, "All right, you're on burgers," and you're like, "But what goes on the burger? Like, <laughs> how do I make?" It? Well, there's a how chart I... right here. You just got to follow the chart. Bun, yeah, cheese, this... lettuce, tomato. No. <laughs> there's this picture that Steve wrote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just follow that, and you're like, "Is that a pickle or is that?" Is that a cucumber? What is that? And it's like <laughs> the onboarding helps you yeah. avoid that stuff, right? <laughs> no, it, and you you know what? It, it, and that's just, this is what was key that you go, you all built within that is it standardizes things, right? It's saying this is the standard within our organization. We need you to meet this. Mm -hmm. We want your talent, but we also need you at our level of what we're looking for. And it helps standardize it. Um, something else I wrote down here is everyone got the same info to start off, right? So everyone received this info, like through this checklist of things that they had to accomplish during that period. Like for instance, what I thought was kind of cool is not everyone that went through the instructor course had to do all these things. Like there were people there that you guys were teaching that were, they were going on to be instructors at like say the aerosol school or the medic school yeah. or stuff like that. They didn't have to do all those things. However, if no. it was somebody, if it was somebody going through your course that was going to become one of our instructors, they had to do those extra things. They had to read those policy letters. They had to um, understand the standardization of grading. Like, 
Like that, oh, yeah. I, to me, to me, that was probably one of the quintessential pieces that helped me when you all had the grading rubric out there. And let's say it is PRT. You all were out there and you were going over this grading rubric with them and everybody was receiving the same information. So it's like, all right, this is the standard. Don't go above. Don't go beyond. Don't go underneath. Just stay within yeah. these parameters. And I think that helped. No, I, I, I did think that program was, there's a lot of heartache when I was the, the new person. It was much better once I was the facilitator for the instructor course. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's look at some stats here, Ed. Uh, 66% right. of people that were surveyed said their employer uh, provided clear communication about the things needed to know during the first week on the job. I would say, I would agree that like within the first week of people showing up, uh, in our organization at the time, they knew what was expected of them. And and yeah. you could almost kind of tell like if they had worry in their face or not. Like, it was one of those things I often seen. Um, 67% felt their responsibilities were well-defined. So it's basically, I know what my roles and responsibilities are and I came into it and such. Uh, let's see here. 67% also said employers made it easy to communicate during the hiring process. That's that literally is just being able to, to reach you. You answer my questions. I answer your questions. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. It's not, mm -hmm. here's your job, go do it. That's yeah, not right. No. <laughs> uh, 70%, and this is the last one here, 70% said their employer made it easy to complete new hire paperwork. So, and I think that's one of the things we also did was uh, we, were, we walked kind of walk the dog on what was required and how to complete things. Rubrics, for instance, like just how to fill this out, how to properly do the counselings, how to properly put this stuff in the grade books, all that stuff. Um, well, but, go ahead. well, even then when, when we did our paperwork, right? Like during our in process, like it was like, okay, go to this page. The header is this. Yeah. You need yeah. to fill out this, 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 and this, because it is frustrating because you know, you see, uh, you know, we love in our organization acronyms. Oh, and yeah. there's eight different acronyms for LSA. And you see acronyms <laughs> on this form and you're like, I don't know what it is. I've been in the Army 17 years. I don't know what that is, you know? And yeah. they, oh, no, that's this. It means this. Yeah. Just look here and you'll find it. So I thought yeah. that was excellent. We did that too for the actual in-processing piece. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, let's talk about, let's talk about adjusting uh, your employee communication strategy. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> employee communication is one of the main pillars of every successful talent management strategy. Today, employees want to be well-informed about the relevant updates going on within their organization. Uh, and the current situation has taught us all about the true value of proper communication in the workplace, as it is the only way to ensure employee engagement, productivity, and safety. Even when we're physically not together, employees want their managers to be better communicators and create better connections within their team, as well as among teams from different departments. So this, in the late 90s, you know, I was out in the military and I was part of the cult that is Walmart. And uh, Oh, you were a Walmart employee? I was. And no the way. meeting, they had these meetings when you do the, the chant. Have you ever heard the chant? Give no, me a never. W, W, give me an A, 
hey. And then the little thing, the little hyphen is like a squiggling. You go like that, like that there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was the cult part. But they would put out sales for me at the previous day. Uh, they would put out like if there was a safety concern, hey, let's make sure we're wearing steel toes. And if we're not wearing steel toes, they had these like uh, caps put on the toe caps. So that was your opportunity in a face-to-face environment to put out information. Hey, it's B Rye's birthday. Wish B Rye a 40, happy 40th birthday today, as you see him around the store, right? Um, and and a lot of other like basic information, loss prevention. Hey, this is what we're tracking. But they would put this stuff out at the beginning of your shift. And then if you were there for a shift change in the morning shift, because this one wasn't a 24 hour at the time, you had to go so you could do the stupid squiggly chant. Um, (laughs) I think you like it. By the way, I'm watching, you know, in the video doing your squiggly. I mean, I would like to see the full version, but I got it from uh, Sal on Impractical Jokers. He does his little dance. He gets loose. Anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I have not had anything other than water to drink today. So those are ways that you could effectively communicate with your team. But then nowadays we got all this other stuff, Brian. I get a, a safety, our safety Steve dude sends out an email every Friday mm-hmm. to everybody in the organization. Hey, mm-hmm. these are the road closures in the local populace. This is where the protest is going to be. So mm-hmm. for us, then we have that, right? Then we just we share yeah. that information with our families. And now his sphere of influence just went from us to us and our families, to us and our families and their friends. And, and now, you know, I'm not even in the camera no more. It's like, it's fear. So those are other ways to communicate where you can't be face-to-face, but it does bring a sense of long to an origin and, and it's important. And our big stat here is 85% of employees said they're most motivated when management and leadership offer regular updates on company news. Yeah. It goes back to the Walmart cult and their profit sharing and their profit they made the day before. Yeah. We were projected to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars yesterday, but we made 125,000 and it's because of this team here. And I'm like, yes, it's because of me stacking dog food that we made that money. So (laughs) that's where that goes. That's where it's important, Brian. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's one of those things that is refreshing too, because what happens is, is, uh, if somebody's making cogs, right, and they're just moving cog from one spot to another, cog from one yeah. spot to another, they don't see the bigger picture, right? Um, especially as a new hire, you're just doing this repetitive movement or you're just doing this paperwork or whatever oh it is. Yes. However, when you're understanding, one, the why, why are we doing this? What's our company's, you know, you're going to learn the vision, the mission, all this stuff, all the things we <laughs> talked about before. However, it's like, so how is it that, what I'm doing is affecting this. And it's good to know those things through something. Um, mm-hmm. So there's always the good news and the bad news too. Uh, one of the things, I don't know if you, you, uh, you subscribe to it. Um, I get, and it's not, I, I don't look forward to it. I actually don't like seeing these. It's, uh, it's from the safety center with us. And it's like the, um, the, the soldier deaths, right? Like accidents, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I, I get that email and I see that every time. And what does that do for me um, as, say, a senior leader? Well, it helps me kind of look and evaluate, hey, X, Y, and Z is what's causing these issues across our force. How can I protect um, our soldiers from these massive safety violations or something like that, right? You know, it's and it's also the, 
hey, we were able to accomplish, I mean, another version, not that particular, but another, another version of the communication is we were able to accomplish mm -hmm. X amount of work. And it's, it's good to know that Snuffy was able to support us by getting us all the supplies we needed. And he was a key uh, asset to that. So it's, it, you know, communicating those things instead of just saying, all right, just go to work, just go to work. Like those are not the things yeah. that help breed talent management. So how does that, what's the, so what of this? The idea is, is when you bring somebody on board, the first thing you do is update them on the newest, the, the newest information. What's news, happening. Yeah. What's happening. Uh, what is your brand creating within your organization? So, um, so, Number said, Ed, number seven, Ed, we're going to go is continuously investing in employee engagement. Uh, who doesn't want their employees to be more engaged? Which organizations don't want their employees to be more motivated and productive? We all want that to happen. Uh, this is why the strategies and initiatives around employee engagement make a vital and ongoing part of talent management. Uh, as, higher, as higher employee engagement results in higher business profitability. It is not surprising that organizations continuously invest in uh, initiatives that can improve engagement. Uh, team leaders and managers are the ones that account for more than 70% of the variance in employee <laughs> engagement. 70%. And employees say that they're, they are most motivated when their managers regularly share company updates. Uh, therefore, they yep. should have clear strategies around how to improve it. One of the most Effective ways to do so is by performing a continuous employee communication and performance management. Um, so what they have here, Ed, uh, is <clears throat> five ways to boost digital workplace productivity with internal communications. One is sharing knowledge. Uh, the other ones facilitate innovation, uh, focus on problem solving, encourage disagreement. That's, that's one. I, I like that one. And then engage employees. Um, so I'm just want to uh, I just want to hit upon like internal uh, with the facilitate innovation. Internal communication enables employees to brainstorm with each other. Uh, I was uh, doing some um, research recently for one of my classes of, and it was dealing with how some companies, some companies, what they do is they actually set aside twenty percent. They tell, and I want to say like Google's one of them, and Apple's one of them. They set aside 20% of the time that they're work, they're at work. So for instance, if I'm working an eight hour day, 20% of my day is set aside for allow me to be innovative, to come up with a new idea, to do whatever I want. And what they said was, is that 20% of that time has equaled out mm -hmm. to like 60%, 60 to 70% of their new ideas that they roll out the next year, the year after, year after that. So by allowing, you know, like I said, hey, you got to do your work, like eight hour a day, 20% of that um, is what? Uh, like 15 minutes, no, like an hour and some change or something like that, or two hours. I, I have to do that. I'm not very good at math. Uh, <laughs> anyways, no, but you, you, they set aside that time and they get to work on these things uh, that they are interested in. There you go. Two hours, 40, two hours, 40 minutes, you said? Yeah. 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 So if you got time to set it, just you, two hours and 40 minutes of your time to work on whatever you want at work to better the organization, whatever. I mean, that's important. And that's, to me, that's just one of those ways to kind of boost that 
that helps with new hires because who wouldn't mind going to an organization and working in an organization that says, Hey, listen, well, you know, we get time to work on these other things too. Yeah. Change the well, world. Then you're being, you doing that. That's a bit of innovation on your part too, right? Like to empower them to be able to do that. That's you don't see that in all companies, all organizations. So that's something that you are going, it's innovative as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exit. The next one, I think we're going to skip. I don't want to do number eight. Uh, let's, we can, we can move on to okay. number nine. I think number nine is a little bit more important. Number eight, number eight. I don't completely agree with that. Um, I, I put it in here, but I'm like, eh, I think it's a little, it's a little much. What, what do we got here about number, number nine, my man? All right, let's go. Ensure employee learning and development. Another big function of talent management is employee learning and development. Uh, for millennials and Gen Z workers, one of the most important criteria when evaluating their employers is the ability to grow and learn new things, lifelong learning. Therefore, employers should have a strategy around upskilling and reskilling their employees. Not only will this satisfy your employees' needs, but it will also help you close the skill gap that most organizations struggle with today. The best way to achieve this is through knowledge sharing among your employees. This, this is big because as I'm starting to look into like different jobs, Brian, I've noticed this a lot on LinkedIn as I'm, as I'm doing the job seeker thing is companies will say, Hey, we offer, you know, this training benefit. It could be college. It might not even be related yeah. to the job. There yeah. are, there are organizations that are now offering tuition assistance, right? There, of course, they're going to tell you, "Hey, these are the other skills that we offer you. We we offer you this training or that training, and it does make a big difference." And it's funny because in the back of their mind, they know I'm making this guy or gal more marketable. I'm giving them stuff that maybe they're going to leave my company, but if I've invested in them and I've sold the, the, the idea of the company to them. Uh, you know, if I've done steps one through eight already with them, then I'm, I'm, I'm not as concerned about them using what I'm giving them education wise to lead my company. Um, so <clears throat> this, we do have a supporting stat here. Supporting stat. We should have done some kind of like effect <laughs> in a company with hundred employees with an average salary of 60,000 annually. Each of them wastes at least five minutes per day looking for answers to common questions. How much money does the company waste because of this? Answer is $62,000 annually. Dude, that's another employee. <laughs> that's that's another. Yeah, that's absolutely 100%. Yeah, it is. Good catch, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's important. Make sure they understand the job and offer them opportunities to continue to grow and to continue to be lifelong learners within your organization. Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things we kind of get right with our particular career feel is people, yeah. people get an opportunity to go and do other things, learn new stuff to help. I mean, for, for instance, you know, we have different types of programs that pay for things like the lean six Sigma, you know, uh, we have different yeah. programs that help pay for like learning how to be a nutrition. Like these are things that are real. It's called the cool program. You, you've probably heard of it, but on top yeah. of that, we also have like there are different schools. We have the leadership schools that people have to go through. And it's not just on the enlisted side, it's also on the officer side and warrant mm -hmm. officer sides, where you go to these schools and it's you <clears throat> if you go to the school, it's not, and I've heard this quite a few times here. It doesn't mean that that school is going to make you a better leader. It's just giving you some tools to help you Ooh. along. 
you know, and into the bag. Yeah. That's all it is. It's tools. And you, you, you tend to make connections. You tend to understand like, uh, that's the with, most important part. Oh, it is. And that's one of the things I've, I've really come to enjoy here is even when you make those connections, you see specific talents and other people that may help you down the road that you could call upon, or they can call upon you, um, and doing that. So let's think about this. Uh, if, if an organization, a civilian organization is creating these different types of like, you can go to a leadership type course, or you can do, and it's, and it's, there's other people, other people from other companies in those courses. At what point, I'm not saying you cherry pick people to come to your organization. However, let's say a job comes up and you've got this, this employee who's really happy with all the program and stuff that you've provided them, the pay, uh, the, how, how you communicate, the way you treat, the get a chance to go to schools and do things to increase your knowledge, become better and to possibly earn more money. Who's to say that individual doesn't reach out to somebody who was in that same class that they saw talent that they know they could fill within your organization. You're that's, That's that. That's what you're talking about. That's that referral, and that's that talent management by people who are within the organization and cre- and help on that brand. Or after your post military, somebody in that school you're with right now, Brian, could help you in your post military career. Maybe right. they're going to buy a gym. Maybe they and you yeah. say, hey, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you a friend of mine now, Sergeant Major, who's getting out. He's retiring. He wants to intern at some gyms, and I think I talked to you about maybe doing this with. Uh, with Jimmy Summer, who we had as a guest way back in yeah, the day. Yeah. But some star major there, he may know and be like, you know what? Hey, uh, hey, battle. Hey, uh, this is what I want to do. I'd like to intern. I know you got a gym in Nashville. Like, you think yeah. it's possible? You know, yeah. and then uh, over a beer, talking about their days at the academy and class, whatever. Yeah. It's got, you know, this, that network is there and it could help you post career. It doesn't have to just be a military hookup, but. It is important. I mean, networking to me is always, I learned that pretty early and I was fortunate. Networking has been very important yeah. in my career. And, oh, and yeah. it's just in your overall development, it's, it's crucial. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and that, I, that just falls along that lifelong learning. You brought it up a second ago. It, it, that's what it is, you know? And um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I think it helps. I think it helps the supervisors or the employers themselves if they can recognize those who do want to pursue that lifelong learning type situation mm. and then those, those who don't. And well, I mean, frankly, those who don't, do they really want to grow? Do they want to, you know, what are they, what are they going to want to provide for the organization? You know what I mean? Like if, if you're somebody who's just settled for, I don't know if you're the right fit, maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of, this, I think this is a big part right here about the whole offboarding of people. Um, and that's number 10 that we're going to hit real quick. Uh, and then we're, I think we're going to go uh, right into uh, some talent management sub, uh, sub functions that we can kind of just talk about um, after that. So we'll go from, to number 10 and then we'll jump over the sub functions. Um, so yeah. don't neglect employee offboarding, even though employees uh, exit <clears throat> even though employee exits are not, our favorite talent management practices, we need to learn that how to make their experience as positive as possible and learn something out of it. Whenever you have an employee leaving your organization, you should give your best to to learn about the specific reasons for the decision to leave. Uh, You can do so 
in a form of an exit interview or an anonymous survey. So this is that's one of those things, uh, James, that I wish we did at the Academy. I wish we did an exit interviews on all of them. And there's some of them. Scenario for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some of them that we would we would take with like with a grain of salt. Like, okay, I got you. You you know what I'm talking about. But some of them were a bit of a some were a bit of a spark plug. Well, they were bitter. Okay, they were just bitter in life and stuff like it. And I think there were some of them that I really feel like we could have gained uh, an understanding of what we could have provided as an organization. And that's that's yeah. what that is. It's like, what? I mean, in a sense, I look at this as making them wish they're not leaving. In a sense, you know, like yeah. what is it? You know, what is it that we have? You know, that we went through. And and that's I think that's important because at the same time, that person may be leaving your organization your reputation is still on their mind. And when they do meet somebody, once again, the referral piece who may yep. fit a talent within your organization, they may reference them to you. That's important. Or, or if they're, you know, they could reference them away from you. If you don't take these steps uh, yeah. to do, you know, to have yeah. some proper time management. So it's also important. I, you don't really think about offboarding when you think about like, how, how can I improve the talent management organization? You, offboarding is not something that comes to mind. Right, because it it's it signifies the end. It's over. They're leaving. They've quit. You fired them. Whatever the case may be, but you don't. You know, it's it, it's probably overlooked in a lot of organizations uh, for the yeah. value it can have by doing an interview on the way up. I I can't remember where, but I do remember some place that did exit interviews, but I do not remember where it was. But yeah, I mean, I, I, we do them. I, we do them when we go to school. You're going to do a critique of your instructors before you leave. You are correct. That actually isn't. That's a form of an exit interview. That's a form. Yeah, Yeah. that's an exit interview. And I think that's it's critical, say, on the employee, uh, like as the person, as the student or the employee to give critical information or, or, you know, critical creative information. Like, hey, this is what did work for me. This is what didn't work for me. This is why. Instead of because we've seen it before. You've seen it on surveys before. You've seen it on different things where it's just people are just being really vulgar and not caring and stuff. It's like, okay, that's, such as such whatever. is the greatest cadre ever. Yeah. We saw yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so really <clears throat> James, when we go through this, this idea of talent management, right. And there's yeah. other things, there's other areas that I want to explore. And we're going to do that again in a, in a later show, just not right now um, about like talent management and how we do it, because really it comes down to, you know, finding the right skills. This was really about like, how do we attract the right talent? How do, am, yeah. how do I, as a supervisor, as an employee, as an employer, as um, a senior leader, how do I attract the right talent to fill the positions I need that are going to, you know, the, the, the best for the job? Because we can also talk about another side of things, like evaluating their talents, um, understanding how to communicate those talents uh how will they fit into the organization like that's a big thing too right yeah how absolutely somebody fits how somebody fits in that organization they they may be like that cog that helps everything or they may yeah. be that screwdriver that's in those gears that just totally sends it in disarray <laughs> you know what i mean and i've seen that before um so we had those six basically the six main areas um to kind of hit upon and we can go either in depth or we can just kind of hit the wave tops on this of uh, six uh, talent management sub faction uh, sub functions is talent acquisition, 
uh, talent onboarding, talent performance management, talent learning and development, talent communication, and then talent offboarding. Like when you look at, when you think about those, like what are some of the things that you would say, because you've done, this is what I like is your experiences from the civilian side and the military side. What are the, some key things that you have experienced in your time in both sides with one of those six? Well, I, you know, I, I said it earlier when we, cause, cause what I've noticed here, Brian, and I don't know if you're just, you're losing your, your focus here cause you're working so hard over there at the schoolhouse, but <laughs> we've already talked, we've talked about these six just in different terms. Yeah. We've talked about all six of these uh, for me, the, the town onboarding. So I'll go back to me with the Walmart, right? <laughs> Get your wig. But they, they did have a series of modules that you had to complete when you first got hired. You got 30 days. I know that AFES has a series of modules. And are some of them uh, elementary? Yes. The lifting with your legs, not with your back. That's, a, you know, there's modules on proper lifting. But it's prepping you for that, that job. And it's helping protect the organization because you can't say, mm -hmm. hey, they didn't give me any training on how to properly lift. And now I got this bad back and I want to do a medical thing. And so I think the talent onboarding is really important. Again, I've been to jobs where it's like, make a burger. See you later. And it's like, huh? Even yeah. in the army, I'm, yeah. I, in the military, I've had it where you get to an organization. They say, all right, well, this is your job. And you're like, uh, and how? do I, how do I, what am I to do? And it's just like, I, just prep slides, proofread slides and fix them and, and get the slideshow ready for this briefing. And I'm like, uh, I don't understand. Like that seems a little bit, a little basic. So yeah, talent mm -hmm. onboarding, Brian, I've had a lot of experience with that. And, uh, I think we beat communication to death over the course of our uh, hundred plus, hundred yeah. plus episodes. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on one of these? I my, so mine really, uh, mine kind of dives into the whole talent, talent learning and development. I, I just, I feel I have such a strong attraction to that. Um, because for instance, if I know somebody is truly, uh, engaged and want to become a better individual and I can help feed that in my, I guess, in the long run, I feel as if though I'm building or I'm helping build that individual who gets to take my spot down the road or gets to be mm -hmm. my peer or, you know, or maybe even become my boss. I don't know. Um, when I leave and, you know, all this, like there's so much involved with it. And it's, I think what we do is different from what normal civilian companies do. For instance, you and I, we move from one organization to another organization to another organization. And we may move laterally. We may move, uh, move up. We may actually move down. It just depends upon what that organization needs. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, we get to see that. We get to see that I'm trying to help somebody grow and take over for me so I can go on. Um, and that to me, like when I, have, when I have a soldier who wants to go to a school and whatnot, Sometimes the question I have first is, are they doing this because they want to increase their knowledge and become better? Or are they doing this to get promoted? Or are they doing this to do this? Or, the, you know what I mean? Like I'm looking for those things yeah. that's going to help. And, and sometimes I ask that question. Hey, so what's, what is the true reason you want this school? You know? yeah. And I, I personally, I respect the honest answer. And a lot of times when you get that honest answer, well, I need the promotion points to get promoted, you know, stuff like that. Like I respect that. 
I mean, but it's then, the nature of the beast, too. It is. However, at the same time, I like to follow that up, though, with the, all right, so I understand that, but what are you going to do with this new skill? Or what do you think you can do with this new skill? They don't absolutely know because they don't know what that school is about or what they're going to learn in that school. I just yeah. want to see if they're using some creative thought to kind of say, oh, you know what? I do need to use this for the better, the good for the organization because one, the organization is paying for me to go do this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I don't want to say it's a tick for tat, but, or yeah, it, it is, it, it, it is though, you know, it is kind of, and it's funny you say it. So there was this course, Brian, I wanted it. I got into this job about two and a half years ago and it is a NATO school for host nation support. I wanted this school and you know, things happened. COVID happened. They had a civilian come in. It was part of her job description. So I was like, you know what? You go. I'll go next time. Right. So now fast forward. By the time I got the opportunity to go, yeah, it was February of this year. And I'm like, it really isn't helping the organization for me to go now when I'm leaving in September. Right. It helps me. It makes my resume look better. And my thought process was, and I really, I, I didn't allow them to say no. Also, I think a Kevin Cruz thing. Uh, I said no, because I was like, who would sign for me to go spend, you know, seven days in a nice hotel in a really touristy part of Germany in the mountains mm-hmm. for a course that's only going to benefit the organization for about five months. And so I just didn't, I didn't even submit a packet. Yeah. So it kind of falls into that, right? Yeah, but it shows you selflessness too, you know. Yeah, uh, in a sense, yeah. uh, you know. I mean, but, really wanted that class. <laughs> oh, I know you did. I, yeah, I totally get. You know, as we wrap this up, James, uh, one of the things I want to think about is the so what of this entire piece about the talent. So we didn't concentrate on like finding skills and evaluating skills and performance evaluations and all that stuff. I'm gonna hit upon. We're gonna hit upon those another time in another show. We may even invite somebody on to help us with that. However, what I'm trying to get with this, so what is is, you know, often uh, employees, employers, supervisors, subordinates, um, uh, even in senior leaders of the military, we lose focus on the individual that we're bringing in. We're losing that yes. focus. We're thinking about we say, what are they providing for us instead? As an influencer, as a leader, as an you know, instinctive influencer, even mm-hmm. we need to think about what are we providing for them to be able to provide for us. You know what I mean? Like, so there's there's that rolling back and forth, like, hey, this is what I'm giving you. What are you giving back? This is what I'm giving, you know, and you don't always have to say it that way either, though. You you could say, here, this is what we can offer you. This is yeah. what our does for us. Go I think ahead. from the perspective, from the perspective of the organization, you just talked about it when you're talking about school. We do it in the perspective of the organization when we say, I'm gonna give you this school. What are you gonna use that to do for me? Yeah. But we yeah. don't say, I'm gonna give you this school. What's that gonna do for you enough? That's a good right? point. That's a great I point. I think that we need to have more focus on I'm gonna invest in you. I know I'm gonna get something yeah. out of it for this yeah. organization, but what's it do for B Rye? Yeah. By the way, no. that's that's your rap, that's your rap name now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm you know, I'm, I'm gonna be. It's kind of like B Rabbit, but I'm not as good as him. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where I got it from. No. Yeah. Hey. Uh. A great talk, man. Uh. We kind of hit some wave tops on like basically uh talent management from that that different type of perspective, and you know, kind of tips on how you can go about your talent management a little bit better. Um. I brought this up 
uh, to you. And, and we're obviously probably going to dive into our next episode. We'll probably dive into another like leadership lessons from a war situation or whatever. However, to me, this was like, this just one of those areas that I don't think is focused enough to really understand, or it is. And then some other, some other places just, they're losing sight of it and they maybe need to yeah. kind of think about it. And, and this could go like, let's, let's, I want to like, if I were to involve that Sergeant E5 in the United States Army, how does that affect that individual, this conversation? Well, to me, it's, well, what is that Sergeant E5 doing to, um, to increase the capabilities of his squad, his team, or his, her squad or her team? What are they doing yeah. to, to grow? You know, Because you know just as well as I do, we don't get to pick our employees. They're assigned to our organization and then they're assigned to our section or squad yeah. or whatever. And then it's our job for the development to seek out their talents to like, you know, you know, I, I had a guy games, uh, it's a quick story. I had a guy, um, who I was a platoon sergeant at the time. He was one of my section sergeants. Uh, I didn't feel as if though his talents were being used properly. Um, did he have a good knowledge on the aircraft? I felt it was good. My problem was, oh, lost me again, didn't you? Um, no. So <laughs> you know, there you are, they're looking around. No, so my problem was, is I had a problem with his management um, on doing aircraft tasks. I don't, I didn't feel like that was his talent. However, that guy could network like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. I, that was his talent. And it still is to this day. He probably... He'll probably listen because I know he listens. Uh, he'll probably think like, oh, I didn't really know about that. But that's what his talent is. And I sought that in him because I saw, man, this guy can really network. I need this guy on my side, you know, finding the resources I need, uh, finding the right people to fill the position. I don't need him to manage the actual aircraft maintenance. I got a guy for that. I need yeah, a guy for a guy. this. You know what I mean? Like but that's what that is. And so if you equate it to that junior leader, that junior within the organization, that's what they're starting, evaluating, looking, understanding, because as they increase up the, up the food chain, so to speak, they're going to have to do that at that higher level of bringing on the right person. You know, if I have two staff sergeants, and, and once again, this is the army, this isn't civilian, but it still <laughs> relates. I have two staff sergeants. They all have this. They both have the same schools. Um, they have the same work experience. But I happen to notice one is just able to communicate better with individuals yeah. through evaluations. I think I want the guy that can communicate a little bit better if they're the same. You know what I mean? So it's just looking at it that way. Well, all things being equal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, with that, do you have anything else on talent management before we uh, dive into the uh, exit? the excerpt interview or the on offboarding of the show? Yeah, I think we're ready to offboard. Um, I do want to share something, though. Yo. So been watching a lot of Amazing Race. It's my thing. So I decided to, since we're doing this from a remote location and we did not name it, that I'm going to challenge our listeners who I'm going to tell them how to do it. So I'm going to tell you that I'm in a place with a primary color fortress. They've hosted the Olympics. You can only get here from Frankfurt, Germany with a layover. So you have to find two flights of legs. Uh, and then you just figure it out from there. That's not a lot to go. Oh, and there's a very famous bridge that's just significant to my degree. All right. 
That's going to be a tough one, man. Like you're going to have some probably, probably do some research. What's up? Yeah, that's the point. And then when they have that research, Brian, they can check us out on all social media platforms at Instinctive Influencers at 101 Influence. They can check us out. Leave your answer on our closed yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. You answer, you answer, and then our busy staff will be sure to get back to you and admit you to the Facebook page. You can go to 101 Influence on Instagram as well as check us out on YouTube. Like, yeah. subscribe, thumbs up. Thumbs there we down, go. Thumbs up. Answer the question. Primary Color Fortress, famous bridge, hosted the Olympics. Two flights to get here from Frankfurt, Germany. And the bridge is very, very significant in my world. <laughs> no absolutely hey man said hey thanks for uh thanks for being able to tune in from your uh your secret location that people got to figure out um, yeah we both i know we both have to get off here and get to work because you got to finish yeah. your paper thing i got to finish my paper from my school most of my stuff's up on this board behind me because i like to i like to plot it out um hey listeners thank you so very much for all um listening being a part of the show uh and let us know what you think if you have some ideas something that you want us to try to get into just let us know uh but with that gotta end it off i am brian and i am james and this has been the instinctive influencers podcast we thank you so very much for listening have a great day well 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 we pulled it off.